Okay, Broadway lovers, uh, well, we don't have a Tony's date yet, but at least we have a nominations list. So let's start predicting, and who best than these great Broadway wags, including Michael Musto from Queerty, David Gordon from Theater Mania, Broadway veteran, Harry Hahn. I'm Tom O'Neill from Gold Derby. Now let's start with best musical. I, I, is it just this... Are we all agreeing on Moulin Rouge, or do we have uh, someone who's uh, a Jagged Little Pill fan here? Well, first of all, uh, Tom, these are shows from six years ago that three people saw. <laughs> uh, we're not even going to say when the winners will be announced. It could be 12 years from now. That's how important this is. It's really urgent. In any, in any case, yes, it is Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Why? Uh, that's really easy. It, it was not only a big hit, it was lavish. You saw where the money went. It was really well done. I couldn't stand the movie. It gave me a big migraine. But I thought they did a great job of trotting out so many pop hits that your head spun. Uh, the casting was terrific. Uh, the other shows, you know, any other year, some of them wouldn't even be nominated. But some of our peers, like uh, David Sheward, who certainly knows these Tonys pretty well, he's got Jagged Little Pill. Uh, there is some... The majority is, uh, uh, the pundit majority is behind Moulin Rouge, though. David, what do you think? Uh, I think it's Moulin Rouge. And what? I think it's there to lose. I, tell, I mean, I tell everybody, my, my line about Moulin Rouge is it's the best bar mitzvah I've ever been to, including my own. <laughs> uh, I, had, I don't know, it's just the show that I had the most fun at. And I think that's, I think... I think at a time when Broadway doesn't really exist, I think people are going to go for the one that most exemplifies what the Broadway spectacle is, and it, that's certainly Moulin Rouge from this list. And the great Harry Hahn says what? Well, I, I think uh, Jagged Little Pill didn't have enough problems in it. <laughs> it had a problem. And uh, I got a headache from uh, everybody having their own particular problem. Uh, it was better to lose yourself in... Um, Moulin Rouge, you could really do that. It was a wonderful experience. Jagged Little Pill really went through the checklist of problems, as Harry <laughs> said. I mean, there's, uh, you know, rape, there's a bisexual daughter who uh, is dumped, well, let me not give the plot away, but it's basically a checklist written by Diablo Cody. The miracle of it is that it actually worked. It was pretty powerful, I thought. Uh, interestingly, Moulin Rouge and Jagged Little Pill both don't have any original music. It's all jukebox stuff. Yeah. Uh, the and best Tina also. Sorry? Tina also. Tina also is Tina Turner Hits, uh, a brilliant performance by Adrian, who is guaranteed to win Best Actress in a Musical. No question. There was such a dearth of original music this year that the best score category only includes straight plays with background music. They should have eliminated the category. And, and uh, you pronounce his last name, uh, Tweet, uh, is the consensus for uh, to win Best Musical Actor. He has a very good chance, Tom, because he's the only nominee. <laughs> but, he still, but he still needs 60% of the vote. Really? I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. That's how... how oh, I'm pretty sure he's going all the way. <laughs> Oh, yep. wow. That was the only way that Sunset Boulevard won. It was the only category, only um, entry in the category. 
Sunset Boulevard and for score too. Imagine losing to yourself. <laughs> and then when we get into the uh, featured categories for acting, uh, all, again, I'm looking through the list here. We've got all these Moulin Rouge, all these uh, Danny Burstein. Danny Bernstein is a lock to win. Yeah, I don't think there, I don't think there's even a contest in that category. Yeah, just give it to him. I think it's his seventh nomination. It's a wonderful performance. He always gives good performances, but this was especially good. They're all especially good for him. But yeah. He's the Glenn Close of the Tonys, except he's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> But what, look, we suddenly have all these jagged little pill predictions for supporting actor for uh, uh, Lauren Patton. Yeah, she's a lot to win. She yeah. plays the lesbian character. She has the two best Alanis Morissette songs, My Hand in My Pocket and uh, You Want to Know. And she knocks yeah, them both And she out. stops that. I don't think I've ever seen a show stop cold the way uh, she stops that show with You Want to Know. I have not seen an angry lesbian like this since, like, Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> she is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so at least Jagged Little Pill will get definitely one Tony, and a lot of people are predicting it for best book as well. Lots of people are, pre are predicting slave play, uh, most of our pundits at Gold Derby are, but we do have people like uh, Andy Hum, and we do have people like uh, David Sheward, who are saying The Inheritance will win. Uh, me too. Yeah, it's really, that, that one's, that's actually a really interesting category. Size it up for us. I mean, my preference would be The Sound Inside, which is, I think, I'd love that play. Uh, but I think that one will walk away with Mary Louise Parker winning. Uh, no, the interesting thing about Slave Play and The Inheritance is that The Inheritance came in with all of the buzz of being uh, the next great epic, the next great play. It won everything in London, and then it came in, and it sort of came in with a whimper. It did not get the reviews that I think the production thought it would. Uh, and then Slave Play, which is the sort of like scrappy downtown transfer, came in and walked away with all of the reviews and got the most notice, certainly. Uh, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I agree. I loved Inheritance, uh, but it is kind of a patchwork quilt of gay classics. It's the sort of gay updating of E.M. Forster's Howard's End. There's even an E.M. Forster character in the play guiding the other characters. Uh, but a lot of critics saw it as kind of a, an amalgam of Angels in America, Boys in the Band, and Love, Valor, Compassion. <laughs> but highly that. <laughs> it also was not a big hit, let's face it. A lot of people thought, oh, I can only afford to see the first half, but they didn't go to see the second half. It was two, a two-night experience. Slave Play, I didn't love. I really think Slave Play needed work. But it is the favorite, in my opinion, and it deals with the effect of racism on relationships. It's a young new playwright, and I think that will be embraced by the Tonys. What, David? Oh, I was going to say The Inheritance will uh, walk away with Lois Smith and Paul Hilton winning in the featured categories, and I think that's about it. Maybe score. Maybe they'll win best score. <laughs> Definitely not set. It was just yeah. like, a, it was like a turntable, like Harry has in his apartment. <laughs> uh, I thought uh, The Inheritance was uh, very moving. I, I was more moved by that than any other play this year. Uh, 
and uh, seeing those those people crying at the end of the first uh, play was incredible. They were it's such a moving uh, play. I think it goes downhill after the the first play. I think the second play needs uh, some work and uh, some cutting actually but uh, I thought the uh, acting throughout was wonderful just absolutely wonderful I thought everyone had a character to play and they did it now when we get into the race for best actor in a play we do have a lot of uh, disagreement here most of the votes seem to be going to Tom Hiddleston for betrayal boy we've got um, uh, Jan Simpson is going with Ian Brett, uh, Barford from uh, Jan. It's pronounced Jan. Jan, excuse me, of course. And we've got uh, uh, Andy Hummus picking Blair Underwood. And uh, I don't see the other uh, predictions here. What's going to happen here? That could go in any direction. We also have Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, and Tom Sturridge. I'm just going with Tom Hiddleston because he's a name. Uh, he was acclaimed. <laughs> he was acclaimed. Uh, it was a big hit. Linda Vista, which I, how do you say it? Barford. Jan Barford. Jan Barford uh, was good, but I didn't think the play worked. I personally want him to win. I thought, I mean, that play spoke to me. <laughs> Linda Vista, that play really spoke to me. You treat women like garbage. Bye. Can I we talk to your wife? Can we talk to your wife? Yeah, she, thought, she spent a lot of time through that play looking at me. <laughs> I thought Betrayal was a pristine production. I thought it was beautifully done. And I never, uh, in all the other versions, I never thought it was a comedy until this time. I thought it was very funny. I thought they really did some finite work on it. I thought it was excellent. And I think Tom deserves the, the award. Yeah, but this is one, that's a category that could go in any direction. Wow, a little suspense at the Tonys. This is It's like one of the few categories that could go in any direction. It is. He deserves it, but he'll get it anyway. Yeah. You know, you know at Gold Derby, we've been tracking these races, uh, all award races for 20 years. And the Tonys by far are the most predictable. Generally, the percentage of, of uh, correct predictions is around 90%. Why is that? It's a smaller category. Well, I mean, in general, uh, compared to uh, the percentages at the Oscars, uh, Derby's experts usually get around 75%. We usually do uh, closer to 80% for the Grammys. But uh, these Tony Awards, boy, boom, uh, they seem to be, in general, so predictable. Well, it's just that we're smart. Like, some of the people that predict Oscars are not as smart as us theater goers. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I like that answer. I'm sure there's a lot of truth to that. You I got, think there's also a more finite uh, way to predict these things. Like, you can sort of tell which is going to be the thing that wins just based on all of the awards leading up to it. Not that you can't really with the Oscars, too, but I feel like it's a lot clearer of a picture that of the favorites when it comes to the Tonys. Uh, we have a lot of Mary Louise Parker bets going on for Best Actress for The Sound Inside, including you, Michael. Why? She was incredible. I mean, she just wore that part as if it were part of her flesh. Uh, 
and she was going to have another play this season, which was a revival of How I Learned to Drive. So this was going to be the year of Mary Louise Parker. It will be anyway, because I think she rises above the other nominees. But there are several uh, predictions for uh, the, the slave play. Uh, Joaquina, help me with the last name. Calocango. Yes, thank you. But there are several predictions for her. I could see her winning and I wouldn't be upset by it. I'd be very happy if she won. My bet goes to Mary Louise though, I love that play. I think Mary Louise has it actually. Uh, Laura Linney was wonderful also. Oh, I hated that play. Yeah. Uh, Sound Inside was a two character play. And a lot of it involved monologues from Mary Louise's character. It's just a kind of stellar role if it's pulled off properly and she really did it. The Laura Linney play, I like Laura Linney, but yeah, I didn't buy it. What really surprised me about the sound inside, we had seen it at Williamstown and it was in the really tiny theater and then they bring it to Studio 54, which is a gigantic. I actually, I, am I the only one? I liked Marisa Tomei and Rose Ted too. I thought she should have been nominated. You're the only one. You might be the only one. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be the first time. Tough crowd here. Just complete crickets. <laughs> uh -oh. But you're glad she won the Oscar. Uh, if, Rudy a lot Giuliani, of... if Rudy Giuliani is happy, then I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's thinking if Marisa could win the Oscar for my cousin Vinny, then Trump could win uh, re-election. Right. But I thought she was fine in Rose Tattoo. I mean, nobody's going to be Anna Magnani, but or Maureen Stapleton. But. Well, I thought it was a, a poor production of it. I still see pink flamingos all the time. Yeah, the John Waters film. Yeah, excessive. Uh, Rudy Gi Giuliani, by the way, is uh, uh, the favorite to win the Razzie for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> Some support, yeah. It's between him and the Mike Pence fly. I wonder who's going to win. <laughs> he is, too, according to uh, inside sources. Uh, so uh, we have Lois Smith. A lot of Lois Smith uh, votes for the inheritance for featured actress. Why is that? She's beating Jane Alexander uh, is normally this kind of uh, uh, snob vote. Uh, how, how come she's not winning? Jane's already won. Lois never has. Jane is... She really technically could have been a lead, but they put her in featured. Lois has a long monologue that's quite hypnotic. She plays a part that was played in London by Vanessa Redgrave. Um, I had one problem with Lois's performance. I swear when she came out, when I saw it, she kind of paused a second for entrance applause. Oh. But, <laughs> but I think- well, don't like, you? <laughs> I don't. And I don't even get it. But, <laughs> but I think the reason is probably that she, usually gets Emerson's Plus, so she didn't want to step on her first line. That's my feeling. But she was terrific. We love Lois, but she has never won. She didn't even win for Grapes of Wrath. Vanessa. And, she, and she's 91. She turned 90 during the run last year, I think. No, she, she turned 90. She turned 90 this year? Yeah. Give it to her. She used to eat at the Westway Diner. She's one of us. <laughs> and she knew James Dean. She didn't know James Dean. <laughs> Give it to her. That's, She's a very hard role. Uh, that's a very hard role. Vanessa didn't want to do it again. 
because it, it's so difficult to do. It's a terribly difficult role. She comes in for one act and it's mostly her. 12, 12 hours into the play. Mm -hmm. A lot of needle point backstage, <laughs> a lot of bridge playing, passing the time. Yeah, and then you have to come out and dazzle, and she did. It's She's good. one of those loved New York actors that the theater worships. And like the nicest person on the planet. Yes. Lovely person, she really is. For best featured actor, we've got uh, a lot of David Allen Greer votes for a soldier's play going on here. He seems to be, no, yeah, he seems to be the consensus. But we have uh, uh, Jan Simpson's going with Paul Hilton for The Inheritance, as is Susan Haskins. And we have a few other outlier voters here, like John Benjamin Hickey for The Inheritance, with Andy, Andy Hums picking him. You, Michael, you're going with pa Paul Hilton for The Inheritance. What's... What's your thinking? He plays kind of a double role. Um, I actually thought even better was John Benjamin Hickey uh, as kind of the gay Republican guy. Uh, he won the Tony for Normal Heart. Uh, it's a good category, David uh, Allen Greer. Anybody who wins in this category is fine with me. I don't think there's a story in front of uh, Paul Hilton is only 49 years old. And he seemed much older. He moved like an old man, and uh, I thought he did such a beautiful job. He is the heart and soul of that play. There, if you had to point to one thing, that would be him. He's, he's absolutely wonderful. You're, you're most moved by him. He really was. He was so good. I'm scrolling on the list of categories here. Give me a second. So play revival, uh, we have Soldier's Play, we have Betrayal, we have uh, Frankie and Johnny in the Claire de Lune, and we have a lot, uh, a lot of split votes here among us pundits. So uh, looks, looks like we have a fight going on here. Uh, who, has, who has contrary views? Who wants to start? I would have gone with Soldier's Play because that was my fav one of my favorite productions uh, of the season. Uh, I thought it was going to be Betrayal because it, uh, it got the best reviews out of everything and most people seem to like it. Uh, I'm going, my official prediction on the site is Frankie and Johnny and the Clear Deloon for the sentimental vote uh, memorializing Terrence McNally. Uh, and yeah. That that's it for me. Oh, that's wrong. That's wrong. That wasn't a good show. It was. Uh, it's a wonderful play, but it it didn't work. I didn't think. Uh, I think I I said that uh, uh, betrayal was almost a perfect production, and it b brought uh, dimensions to the play that I'd never seen before. I thought it was played beautifully. Uh, Soldiers' play was. Uh, much better in the original. Uh, I, I thought David was much too nice to play that kind of character. I just, he didn't connect with me. Uh, I, and that ruined it for me a lot. I couldn't believe him. I think if they want to vote for Terrence McNally, they should vote for the inheritance for best play. <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, I don't think it's going to go that way. Terrence McNally shows have won awards for you know his entire adult lifetime. I just think it'll be betrayal because it was the best received, best reviewed. Period. Soldier Story was, I thought, good and efficient, not brilliant, of a of a production. But it was nice to have Blair Underwood unbutton a few buttons. That actually got the biggest rise out of the audience. <laughs> He's still stuck. Uh, so what's, what is your prediction of, of what is going to happen with the Tonys, uh, actual productions? What are their options now? They have it in somebody's bait in, in, in Mickey and Judy's barn or uh, in somebody's basement. Uh, is there going to be a show? Well, why is it so hard to put on? There, were, there was something called the Emmy Awards. They did okay. There was the MTV VMAs. They managed. That's true. Why is this so difficult? I think maybe they're holding out for a TV channel to, to show it. I don't think so. Because I, think they are, I think they are trying to hold out for either TV or to tie it with Broadway reopening. But then they shouldn't have rushed out nominations yeah, yeah. in October. Well, then, in other words, December 2021, we're going to have the winners of the shows from February 2020. Right. <laughs> they should have honestly done it when the Drama Desk and everyone else did theirs at the usual time this summer. Just do an online Zoom show. Uh, everyone's available. You could get whoever you want to host. Literally anyone. Yeah, and it would have been fine. I don't understand this limbo thing of like, we're not sure when this is going to happen. And they kind of imply they're going to wait till everything's back and Broadway's back. They're predicting December now for next year for Broadway being back. So uh, the lag time is, is really kind of crazy. Don't you think there's an issue too in terms of money here because so much of the Tony uh, production itself has uh, live performances going on and uh, that becomes an issue. And then if you use taped performances, then you get into guild and union problems. Um, uh, there's probably a lot of those issues too that matter here. True, true. Sadly, there is no category for musical revival because West Side yes. Story had opened, but not enough voters had seen it and company hadn't officially opened. Uh, so it's another category, Bites the Dust. But in a way, aren't we proud of the Tonys for the show must go on, that they're going to do a show, we just don't know what it is yet, and they're determined to do it. If they're confused and bewildered during this a time of, of plague uh, for understandable reasons, but the fact that they're dedicated to, to doing this, even if they are in some people's minds screwing it up, there's still something kind of noble about it all. I appreciate that they're trying. Yeah. But, you know, I run the Outer Critic Circle Awards, which Harry is a part of, and we snap shit to get together something. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Why are you to do it then? Come on. Right. Well, uh, I think if they've done, if they've already nominated, it, it's got to have uh, an answer. I don't know how they're going to do that. Uh, I agree that it's going to be a difficult performance show. I don't know how they're going to get away with that. Um, but it's not my problem, is it? <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. No, Harry, we're trying to figure out something completely different, aren't we? Clark, Clark. Oh. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No. Well, look, thanks, you guys, for uh, noodling this. 
as we get closer to an actual show, let's try to have one last uh, think through through it all. In the meantime, our sympathies to the Tonys for going through this this tough time, but they're being brave. They're 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 carrying on, and that's 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 great. It's just uh, the mystery of what happens to Broadway when the lights do finally go back on again, and um, how long will it take to struggle to uh, to revive itself? Uh, this is the heart and soul of 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 the town, of course, and uh, to see it as a metaphor, suffer so much in, in a way is such a dramatic uh, reflection of the times we live in that uh, it makes it especially sad, I think. So we'll see you in two years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll update everything. At that point. <laughs> and change every prediction. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Tom. <laughs>